Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, shalom, peace. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Five Smooth Stones. And tonight we have a show that we're doing now every single week. Try to. Last week I didn't do it, and I apologize. I have good reasons for not doing it. Trust me. But tonight we are having the show, The Watchman of Zion. And as you know, the scriptures um, reminded us to uh, watch and pray. And many times throughout the scriptures, we see from the Old Testament through to the book of Revelations, watchmen, watchmen. All throughout the scriptures, we've been warned to watch, 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 be aware of things. So we named the show The Watchman of Zion. And this is a show we've been uh, trying to uh, do every single Sunday. <clears throat> and I just want to welcome everyone to the show. I want to welcome everyone that is listening already. As I'll say every week uh, in the chat rooms, on the phone lines, already early. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I mean that. I know I say it every week, but I really mean it. Because when you're doing these shows, sometimes the enemy want to place in your mind occasionally, that uh, nobody is listening, nobody is taking it seriously, even though sometimes numbers are really up there. I know we have one show I did not too long ago where we got 8,000 listens. And I don't know if blog talk is just inflating these numbers or if people are actually, well, I know people are listening, but I don't know if it's 8,000. You know what I mean? Sometimes you wonder if these people just, just have you, um, believe in something that don't exist. Believe me, it's not. I wouldn't put it past anybody. I'm not blaming blog talk, but I wouldn't put it past anybody to make some money and you know get a bunch of people uh, talking about this, that, and the other, and making you think your numbers are big than what they are. But but I do know this: there are a lot of you that do follow Five Smooth Stones. You track us. You listen to us, and I'm thankful tonight. We have a show for you. I think that you're going to really enjoy I know I posted this would be open forum, and it is open, and that you can uh, talk about whatever's on your mind. But I want to start off playing, playing some clips of an old show called uh, Righteousness is a Gift, Not of Works, Shall We Send In. This is an old show. If you want to find this show, simply go to blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. If you would just go to that address and look at the old shows, uh, it's about 25 pages. You'll have to go flipping through 25 pages of shows. We've done, over, we've done hundreds of shows. You will see it's one of the first, first shows we've done, and my wife actually joins me on this show. Tonight you're going to hear an old clip uh, old show, but it's live. You hear me. Uh, I'm live, but the show is going to be old. That means that I can still take questions, comments, and we still can chat in the, on, in the chat room. So, um, by the way, I need to open up the chat room. I'll go ahead and do that right now. So the chat room is now open, and... Uh, See, I was so busy welcoming ones at the chat room, didn't realize I didn't even have it open. I apologize. Y'all bear with me. I'm doing a lot of things today. Um, but anyway, 
tonight's show is going to be a very, very interesting uh, show we did a long time ago, again, on um, uh, righteousness as a gift, uh, shall we send in. And uh, many of you liked that show. Many of you participated in that show. And I thought it would be a good idea to have it back on. So that's exactly what I did. I broke the show down in eight parts. It's eight parts. So this is open forum. If you if you want to talk about whatever, that's fine. But if not, we're going to continue playing these clips. All right? So that way we have something going on all the time. Again, if you want to talk about anything on your mind, Brother Seth is open. All right? Uh, it's just me here today. Uh, but this this clip is actually of me and my wife doing it, did it when we did a show way back in 2011. But you are here. The truth is very pertinent, very uh, relative, and uh, you will be blessed. I promise you this was one of our most exciting shows. So you will be blessed. So that's coming up shortly. Again, I want to thank those of you uh, that follow us, and don't forget, uh, those of you that are new to the sh- two Five Smooth Stones and the shows we do, remember, you can, uh, if you go to that address I mentioned earlier, which is fivesmoothstones.com, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, um, blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. Repeat, blogtalkradio.com slash the number five underscore smooth underscore stones. If you will go there, you will see an address to uh, the books, uh, um, links to different books. It's actually my library. You will see a lot of the books that have influenced me over my life. And uh, I've talked about this library every single time because of many of you, you are happy with what I give you in terms of uh, the scriptures and different resources I talk about. But some of you like to go a little further. You want a little bit more. You want a little bit more proof. You require a little bit more uh, information. This is why I mentioned my library. If you'll go to that address I just gave you, move to the bottom of the, the description page. Move to the bottom of the description page. You will see this link. Uh, to, to Google, uh, the Google library, and uh, I guarantee you, you will be very happy that you went there. So go there and check out all those authors on the various topics we're talking about, including the one tonight. I think Andrew Womack is, is one of the main uh, ministers out there that, has, that is doing a good work on talking about works versus uh, the gift of righteousness. So many of us are trying to please the Father through our everyday and why we, why that's a good thing, why that's a good thing. We should be trying to please the Father. We have to understand that our righteousness is as filthy rags, and so we need to take what He has offered us by way of Christ, what He did uh, with Christ on Golgotha, the, uh, the redemptive work of Christ and the Father plan for humanity. This is the only way we can be righteous, and so anyway. I think he's in that library, but there's a lot of topics we talk about, hundreds of topics, folks. And uh, from, from a proof of who the real Israelites are, 
which is what this show is talking about a lot. When we say Zion, we're talking about, uh, it's actually twofold. We're talking about uh, natural Zion, who I believe with all my heart is still around today, and I believe that the Father has a work for him according to the Scriptures, Romans 11. Uh, the Father has not forsaken his people. He has not forgotten his people. There is a remnant. There is an election that remains according to the Scriptures. And uh, this is modern-day Zion. Uh, but, however, also those that seek this, this God of Israel that worship this God of Israel, that pursue this God of Israel, who the Bible referred to as spiritual Jews, they are also considered Zion. So when we say Zion, this Zion, that we're talking about a people, a nation, yes, ancient Zion, uh, the real Jews who, who have been scattered throughout the four corners, and I believe America definitely houses one of the tribes, African-Americans are that tribe. South America has them. But we're not just talking to natural Israel. We're talking to spiritual Israel, those that seek the Father in spirit and in truth, those that seek the Father in spirit and in truth. This show is for you. You don't have to be a black person, so-called black person. You just have to be a person that seek the Father in spirit and in truth. That's all it is. And uh, we really want you to feel welcome to the show and contribute. And uh, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to just let everybody know when we say Zion what we mean because you hear a lot of this and that on the show, and I don't want you all to feel like uh, this is a black thing. It's so not a black thing. I am not interested in doing anything that excludes humanity. And to make it a black thing would would be to exclude humanity. And I'm just not interested. Sorry. So anyway, tonight, I just want to thank you all for uh, having the mindset to even tune into the show. Um, And I know some of you all just came in in the door. Uh, Again, we're talking about uh, the show tonight, which is going to be about righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. I'm talking to those who just come in. Righteousness is a gift. It's not something that we can work for. It's something. It's a gift we have to accept. It's just a gift, like somebody handing you a gift. Are you going to accept the gift or not? Uh, that's what righteousness is, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Actually, let me go ahead and get this clip started. The clips are about 15 minutes long. We're going to play them uh, one after another. Again, this is open forum. If you have questions, press 1. On your phone lines, if are in the chat room, go ahead and type your question. I'll try to get to them. Uh, even though this is an old show, and I'm, uh, I'm, I will be playing, uh, I will be stopping the shows, uh, eight parts. I will be stopping between the parts for questions or comments, or if you want to talk about something else, that's fine too. But if nobody, like sometimes y'all do, sometimes we got a full house and nobody asks questions, they're just listening, we'll go ahead and play all uh, eight clips. We'll do it. We will play, play all eight clips. Here's the first clip. It's 16 minutes and 30 seconds. Enjoy. We'll be back shortly after that. Shalom, shalom, everyone. Welcome to another Sabbath study. Um, we are your host, Five Moose located at blogtalkradio.com. That's Blog Talk 
blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore song. So if you want more information about us as a group, what we're about, feel welcome to uh, look that look us up on that, okay? All right, now, um, today is going to be uh, the final to a subject. Really, there probably never should be a final to this particular subject because there are many people that still try to do something, good deeds, to earn points with the Most High in terms of their righteousness. Many, many people do this. They try to do good deeds, give money away, uh, raise kids, be a good wife, be a good husband, and all these things are commanded of us by the Most High to do, but not to be righteous. Righteousness are to be, another word we would say, is acceptable in the Father's eyes in order for him not to do like he did the children of Israel and strike them dead or open up the earth and swallow them as he did. And that's in your Bible. In order for these things to happen, there is nothing mankind can do to save them. Nothing. Because this holy God or this holy Elohim, more properly put, is just too holy and righteous for any man to approach him. This is why the children of Israel offered up sacrifices for their sins, and the Most High took out their sins by killing or slaying a bull or goat for the sins. So here we fast forward to today. We still have people that are sinning, but we cannot kill bulls and goats because the Messiah has come, and he was the lamb. That's why the scripture called him the lamb of God or the lamb of Yahweh. Okay, he was the lamb, but this lamb was spotless. And when this lamb was slaughtered, once and for all, for sins, it wasn't just for the past sins. It was for past and all future sins. So now those of us that believe that he came and lived and died, rose and left, and is to return, we are, because even that faith that we believe those things is a gift. It, the, the Bible says no man comes to the Father unless he draws. So he has to draw you, my listener, my friend. Unless he draws you, you just simply can't believe the gospel. You can't believe the story. It's not about walking up in front of the church and holding some pastor's hand or being nice and start going to church. That is has absolutely nothing to do with being salvaged or saved. You have to believe the gospel, the good news. You have to believe. You have to believe in those that never heard the gospel. They even have a form of believing in a higher power and accepting. That's a whole other Bible study. We're going to cover that too one of these days, Arlene. Um, before I go any further, again, my name is Seth. I'm Brother Seth. I just, I just, just jumping right into it. But let me back up a little bit and just introduce myself. Again, I'm Brother Seth, those of you who don't know. My wife is here. This is Arlene. Arlene, we want to say hi to the people. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. And when we say Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, what we mean is today is the Sabbath or the Shabbat or the Shabbat, and Shalom means peace. 
So we could easily say, uh, Saturday, peace, everyone. It's the same thing, folks. Let's not get religious with it, but that's what a lot of uh, people do that all over the world. Israelites all over the world greet each other as they're commanded to with peace. So when the brothers on the street say peace, they have no idea that they are fulfilling prophecy. And they, anyway, that's a whole other story. We're sitting up here living our prophecy and not even knowing it. But when the brothers on the street in the hood and they start at peace, peace, they have no idea they're doing exactly what God commanded the Most High. God commanded, or the Most High commanded Israel to do, greet each other in peace. Okay, folks, today, again, we're talking about righteousness is a gift, not of works. Shall we sin then? This will be, like I said, the final uh, talk. We'll probably revisit this in the future. Today we are allowing rebuttals. Anyone wants to rebuttal this, today is your day. You can call in and say, hi, Brother Seth, I enjoyed the show, but I disagree with you on this point, that point, not a problem, okay? So I hope that you listeners out there listening right now is doing well today. I hope that uh, you have a wonderful Sabbath and that you find time to rest all your labors, if it's possible. I know some people work on Saturday. But if it's possible to spend time with the Most High, rest, rest, rest. This is supposed to be his day. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I know a lot of people say, we're not under the law. We're absolutely not under the law. But I'll tell you one thing. The Most High commanded Israel to keep this culture forever. But they're just not supposed, supposed to trust in the law, the Mosaic law, or, or any laws to salvage them, but to know that salvation comes by way of Christ and his death. And we'll get more into that a little later on, okay? Let's go ahead and uh, lift this whole blog up, this, this conversation we're going to have today. Let's lift it up in prayer, okay? Ask the Most High Blessings. I don't take this little visit with you lightly. I'm very serious about our little talks. And I want them to be inspiring. I want them to, uh, because um, I'm not only talking about uh, flowers or something. This is serious. It's life-changing topics, so we always want to pray about it, okay? We're not being religious by praying. We're very serious about this talk about righteousness. A lot of people are out here trying to do things to become good with God, and that is not the way it works. You have, have, you have to have righteousness given to you as a gift. Righteousness given to you as a gift. Righteousness given to you as a gift by way of Christ. Christ is our righteousness. He is our lamb. And after that lamb was slain, all sin was taken care of, past, present, and future. But you just can't believe the gospel. The Father has to draw you. This is why we tell people, study the Bible, study the Bible, inquire, seek. And if the Father sees that you're seeking, If he deems it, and he, I don't know why he wouldn't, but I'm just saying, it's not a work. Even in your seeking, you can't, it's just, he gives his gift of faith to certain people, okay? And uh, we'll talk about that even uh, further, hopefully, in this uh, particular uh, episode. How does that happen? Okay, but anyway, once he draws you believe, you're given salvation. So a lot of people, again, are working on their own efforts. But let's go ahead, and I'm going to I'm gonna, uh, let Arlene pray today. That's okay with everyone. Uh, we believe in women. Uh, unlike a lot of cultures, our women do believe, we do believe in women praying and preaching. 
So I'm going to let her pray today. Right here. Most time, we're just thankful for this opportunity to come together in a spirit of love and in uh, learning and in a spirit of, of worship. We ask you to bless this time together, bless those words that are spoken, encourage hearts. We ask you to renew minds and to let the people know that you have given them righteousness as a gift, that they can walk in it, that they can line up according to it, that they can walk in your blessing and understanding of your will for their lives. We ask you to allow uh, the words spoken today to encourage, to enlighten, and to uplift and to bring any correction to any erroneous teaching that's gone forth. We just ask you to help the people come together to know you more, to serve you more, and to be a representative of your kingdom on this earth. We ask this in the, in the power and the authority that's given to us by the Messiah, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, people, listeners, again, I hope you're doing well today. I really do. I'm talking to you. I'm not just sitting here just talking just to be talking. I really am concerned about you listening, you listening right now. Why did you choose this show? Why are you listening? You could be doing so many other things today. This has something to do with your heart. Now, hopefully you're not one of my enemies just listening to try to, <laughs> of course, we got those people out there too. But you know what? The word is so powerful. It can, it, can, it can even change the heart of the enemy. I've seen it so many times. People coming to just, you know, do me in, do me wrong, not not really meaning me well just to see what silly thing I'm going to say they think anyway. So, and of course, I'd say 90% of the time they fall right on their face, wind up agreeing with me and being some of my best supporters. Okay? So anyway... Whatever reason you're listening, I hope it's a good reason, and I hope your heart is right because we truly, truly, this early in the morning, and I know it ain't that early, but for me it is, to be up talking, we truly wouldn't be doing this if we wasn't serious about this conversation. Righteousness is a gift, okay, not of works. So what should we do, Arlene? Shall we send in since it's a gift? If the Most High is just going to give us righteousness, man, why do we even need to be fooling with this? We ought to just live any old kind of life we want. Well, I've got news for you, my friend. If you allow your flesh, because that's where sin dwells at, those of us that have been born again, why do you think we say the word born again? This is what Nicodemus' problem was. What do you mean somebody be born again? What, for them to go into their mother's womb? It's a spiritual thing. It's where the Holy Spirit comes into the human spirit and rebirths that spirit. And from then on, a part of you cries, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. Whereas before the experience, your whole body, spirit, soul craved this world, the flesh. You was just all about you and selfishness. and And then you became something happened to you. You became born again. Now, many of us, after we become born again, we start tripping and, and letting our flesh dominate us, and we start doing a lot of the same things the world do. And later, it's hard for us to even be identified, okay? Uh, but like Yeshua or Jesus say in St. John 5, 
Get your pencils out, people. We're going to go a little bit fast on this show today. You need your Bibles out. You need your Trump's Concordance. You need your Hebrew. You need your R.A. Tory Scripture Treasury. Some of y'all you know what that is, but that is the most one of the best Bible helps you can have. Um, anyway, St. John 3 and 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Yahweh. Okay? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Okay? So we're talking about a spiritual birth, something that's real. It ain't it, you think all these billions of people on this planet on this planet is just all silly and make believe? You know how some people trivialize this whole born again experience, talking about Christians are nothing more than a bunch of emotional whatever. Now a lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches are are swimming in emotions, yes. But there is a born-again experience that changes the life of people. Like I say, a lot of us, once that happens, we don't stay in the Scriptures. We don't fellowship with, with the believer. We don't, we become an island unto ourselves, and the enemy just wreaks havoc on us, and we just started messing up. I've been there um, uh, for sure, and uh, sometimes people can't tell you from the world because you're so... Your flesh is so out of control. But we need to call it like it is. It's your flesh, not your spirit. Your spirit is born again. So I've got a question for you, listener. If your spirit is born again and it cries, Abba, Father, and that spirit is born of the Most High, it comes from the Most High, it's 100% His spirit, and it's now a part of your spirit, why would the Most High throw all of that into the lake of fire? You, the flesh and the spirit. How much sense does that make? So in the lake of fire, you'll be tossed because you told a lie, or you let your your flesh to, uh, be tempted to lust, and while you're burning. A part of you is crying after the Father. A part of you is of Him. It just don't make sense. When the Scripture says, you know that a, a liar, cheater, will not inherit the kingdom of God, it's not talking about they going to heaven. The kingdom of God means you won't inherit personal walls. It comes with that. Because it goes on to say the kingdom of God is a place. We're not talking about the this particular kingdom is talking about when it, when it says, um, and we should probably turn to it, but it's not what I was, it wasn't going to go in that direction just so soon. But those of you that use that scripture a lot, when it says, it goes on to say the kingdom of God is not a place. It's a realm of power. It's where the most high sits. He rules and dominates your life. Okay? That's what the scriptures are saying. You won't inherit that. But to become his, the Bible says, and we we have read this, in previous episodes, this is our fourth. All right? Twisted here. Yes. This is our number four. We've talked already. People, you've got to go and listen to righteousness as a gift, not of work. Shall we send in part one, two, and three? It's just you will. I would. I guarantee you, it'll probably put to rest all your questions because 
we talk about this very subject and we we uh, go into it pretty deep. So anyway, what was I saying? Uh, yes, Kingdom God's not play because my mind is racing. I'm trying to think of all these things I want to say at one time. Uh, anyway, the kingdom of, of the Most High, uh, of the kingdom of okay, folks. That's part one. Again, we got eight parts we'll do tonight. If nobody have questions or comments, taking us in, the, in a different direction. I always want to keep this show open for them. Again, you listen to an old show, old recording. Uh, you, um, here at uh, Five Smooth Songs. Uh, but this show is called The Watchman of Zion. For those of you just tuning in, The Watchman of Zion. And what we're doing is watching and praying. We're looking at our world. We're looking at our homes. We're looking at our schools. We're looking at our churches. We're looking at our businesses. And we are talking about what is what Zion is going through. Who is Zion? Zion is those that seek the most high. Are you seeking the Most High? Are you serious about your relationship with the Most High? Then this show is for you, period. Also, this show is reaching out to ancient Zion, natural Zion, because the Bible talks about how they would be resurrected. I'm talking about Israel, the scattered tribes, the lost tribes, once lost tribes. They're not lost anymore because we know how to identify them now. The scriptures have made it very clear what Zion is who Zion is, where Zion is, what Zion would be going through. And we know that looking at uh, scriptures like Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, and really the Psalms and all of the books of the Bible, we can see what the Father said Israel would go through, and this is how we identify Israel. It's just that simple. We identify Israel through prophecy. We do not acknowledge uh, or respect DNA uh, to determine who Israel is. Now, it can determine other things, but we know who Zion is. We know who Israel is, and we know that the African-American lives out those prophecies more than anybody. Anybody else that lives out these prophecies as much as African-Americans do is nothing more than a sister tribe, one of the lost, was lost sister tribes. So, again, you're listening to Brother Seth. The name of this show is The Watchman of Zion, and... Um, you're listening to an old clip of my wife and I talking about the righteousness. Righteousness. The name of this show is Righteousness is a Gift. Uh, shall we sin then? And uh, we're talking about how righteousness, that thing that allows us to be able to go before the Father, is a gift. The Father actually, when Christ died for the sins of the world, the sins of mankind, past, present, and future, was taken care of. Sin is not an issue with regards to us approaching the Father anymore. We do not have to go through priests. We do not have to go through the Holy of Holies or anything like that. Now, we are commanded to live by the statutes and the laws that the Scriptures talks about. We're supposed to keep these. Now, don't get me wrong. We're definitely supposed to to follow, first and foremost, the spirit, because the law itself, the law itself lacks, but the spirit is to lead and guide us into all truth. And yes, we are supposed to follow the spirit. 
The Bible said that it knows the deep things of the Most High. So I want to go ahead and start clip number two. If you're on the phone line, you have a question, you need to wait till the clip is done. Each one of these clips is about 15 minutes. Uh, again, this is a pre-recorded show. Me and my wife, we did this back in 2011. But I will be stopping after 15, 16 minutes after each clip like I just did. We just played clip number one. Uh, so we'll play clip number two in, in, in shortly. After the clip, we'll take your questions or comments. So if anybody has questions or comments now, I would press one right now before we start this next clip up. Okay? I see uh, 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 the chat room. There's no questions yet. That's, I guess that's good. Uh, but feel free to ask any questions and uh, dialogue. And uh, we'll be back shortly in literally 16 minutes. Okay? Here is clip number two with righteousness is a gift, shall we send in? And I only say shall we send in because that's what Paul said in, in Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue seeing that grace may abound? Because when you start talking about this kind of topic about righteousness being a gift, the first thing people think of is, wait a minute, if righteousness is a gift and we don't have to work for it, then we can just do what we want to do. And when you teach it the right way, people are going to respond that way. That's why Apostle Paul said in Romans 6 and 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he says, God forbid. So God forbid us continuing in sin that this grace, this wonderful grace may abound that the Father wrought through Christ dying on the cross. What he developed, created for us, this righteousness, is beautiful. We should accept it, and when we approach the Father, we should approach him through the righteousness, feeling that we're righteous. We should approach him as equally as Christ approaches him, because that's the gift he gave us, the gift of righteousness. We'll talk more about that in this next clip. Check it out. Pretty deep. So, anyway, what was I saying? Uh, yes, Kingdom God is going to play because my mind is racing. I'm trying to think of all these things I want to say at one time. Uh, anyway, the kingdom of, of the Most High, uh, of the kingdom of, is coming, okay? But it's a realm of power. And it talks about, uh, uh, say that the kingdom of God is not here or there. This Help me find that, please. I, I, I'm tired of quoting it. As a matter of fact, we're going to find it for you, listen, because I don't want y'all to think I'm making up these scriptures, okay? But it's not a place. It's a realm of power. So First uh, Corinthians 4, 20, read that for me, Arlene. For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. Keep reading. That was all I had in the concordance. Okay. First Corinthians. But it's, it's, it says it's neither here nor there. We had a slew of scriptures to talk about, and that wasn't one of them. But when I get to talking, just things start flowing out of me. Uh, but anyway, uh, while we're looking at that, let me just go ahead and do some other things here. Again, we've done previously uh, episodes of this, uh, one, two, three, and three. Please go and listen. We cover a lot of scriptures. I know we cover over 100 scriptures. So, again, uh Previous episodes on blogtalkradio.com. Also, uh, we've talked about some other subjects. 
As a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and just give you our schedule quickly while we're talking about uh, the show. Uh, again, we're Five Smooth Stones. Okay, I'm, bro- I'm your host, Brother Seth, to all of you new listeners. On Saturdays on the Shabbat, we talk about righteousness, how it is a gift, okay? Now, remember, folks, this is a pre-recorded show, so this schedule is no longer valid, just so you all know this is a show we've done back in 2011. want to miss this topic of leprosy. The Most High, and I give him all the glory and honor, have blessed me to understand leprosy, and I really, I'm not, I know there's some other people that preach it, okay? I just don't know who they are. Again, I do know that other people have this same information. I just don't know who they are. Most people, when they talk about leprosy, they hit it and quit it. And they, they, they don't go too far. They don't. I get deep into it, and I show you how leprosy is, is uh, white skin is a form of leprosy. Now, we're talking about albinism, and I'm not going to get in, go into it right now, but we, we deal with, we show in the scriptures, in the scriptures, in the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, how white skin or albinoism, that white skin, is a form of leprosy. We prove that and we show you how all nations come out of the mixing of albinos with people with melanin. Very strong scientific proof as well. We'll hit science a little. But that's going to be starting next Shabbat, okay, next week, this time next week. On Sundays, on Sundays, every single Sunday will never change as long as, long as I can help it. We'll always talk about how do we know we are Hebrew Israelites. Where are y'all getting this from? Where are y'all getting this from? I hear a lot of black, there's actually millions that are are professing to be the a lost tribe of Israel based upon Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. Where are y'all getting this from? We talk about it every single Sunday. So if you know some people that are new to, to, to that or want to know more about that, or maybe you want to know more about that and want to get more information on it, it's every Sunday at 3.30 Central Standard Time. Again, folks, you listen to a pre-recorded message. Uh, those teachings are available. Uh, like I, this is you actually listen. He's speaking way back in 2011. But those teachings on leprosy is a part of the archives of Asimov Stones. Again, uh, that's BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/the-number-five-underscore-smooth-underscore-stones. If you will go to that address, there are teachings on leprosy. Uh, there's over four or five uh, shows where we actually go into it, talking about Bible leprosy. I'll go back to the clip. Uh, enjoy. I mean, they've been knowing it, okay? They keep the Shabbat. They keep all the holy days. They they was doing this before there was even a land called Israel, some of them. And they are all over the planet. And just think, you did not even know that, listener. No, just teasing. We didn't know it either. <laughs> But they're there, and they've been there. Mosai got mad at Israel and scattered them to the all four corners. Okay, that's why I have a problem with Israel today, because they're only one color. Today, only 8% of the world is so-called white. So why doesn't Israel reflect the colors of the world? Political, 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 and satanic. That's the answer. That's Tuesday night. We invite guests from all over. Listen to some of the previous episodes to get a taste of that. Then on Thursday, Arlene, this has become really popular. I got a call right before the show on this one. This particular topic is red hot. It's probably going to be our most listened to 
uh, topic, and that is one world government. We deal with the Illuminati. We deal with all the things that's really going on in our world, secret societies, parallel church, a church that look like, tastes like, act like the church. But as soon as this revelation comes about who the real Israelites are, there will be a great falling away because they just simply can't handle it. One world government, a parallel government, a mock government, the kingdom of God is here, it's growing, it's becoming more uh, uh, visible to the eye. One day the Father's going to come and, and reside on this earth. This earth will be restored and not destroyed. I don't care how many uh, nuclear go off. Okay, the earth will be restored. We are part of that restoration. But in the meantime, there is, a, there is another uh, kingdom set up called the kingdom of darkness or the one world government. Uh, we talk about that, 666, Revelation, whole nine yards, Armageddon, but from a Hebraic standpoint, because you can talk about Bible prophecy all you want to, people. If you don't use the key of the black Hebrew Israelite, if you're looking at Israel, those people over there that live in Israel today who I love, 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 I respect them, but what they have went through as a people is not in the Bible. Nothing that they have been through is scriptural. Oh, brother said, you're a little hard on them, aren't you? No, nothing. Well, they went to the Holocaust. The Holocaust was horrible. And I hate the fact that those my brothers and sisters had to go through that. Yes, I call them my brothers and sisters. Ain't no hate on this show, okay? We deal with scriptures and science and, and what's really real. I don't we never mean to harm anybody's feelings or do anything like that, but we're just simply scholars or try to be scholars. We just seek the most high uh, work, hand, what he is really doing in the earth by way of studying the scriptures and listening to the spirit. And when I look at their history and look at the Bible, I don't see no sign of, let me open the chat room. I apologize for not having it up to you. I know some people love the chat. I do apologize, so bear with me. We'll open it up right now. But anyway, uh, the Holocaust isn't scriptural. It's just that simple. Folks, it's not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Again, the Holocaust is not in the Bible. All right? Them coming to the nation in 1948, we don't respect that because of other wickedness that went into uh, secret hands of the United States government, the BAFOR doctrine, B-A-F-F-O-R-D doctrine, all of the wickedness that went into to causing the nation to become a nation in 1948. And it's evident they, there was wickedness involved in it because they're having to walk around with big guns. I've been to Israel from year 2001 to 2008, and I'm telling you, it's a heavy presence, heavy presence of, of, of weapons, and when you, when the Most High said Israel will get their nation back, it wasn't going to be through bloodshed. And that's all that's going on in the Gaza Strip. The reason why there's no peace in the Middle East or in, is the Gaza Strip is because the wrong people are claiming the wrong land. That land does not belong to neither one of them. It don't belong to the Israelis. don't belong to the Palestinians. Israel has been scattered out of that land as a punishment. The Most High brought in a people to occupy that land as a punishment. But... You'll see in the in the future, if you're around, if you're old enough, that there is a remnant that's going to return to that land. They already started. That's who I go see those years I went, a remnant. Although I don't think it's time yet. That's my own personal opinion. I don't think it's time for Israel to return. I believe certain things have to happen, and then we will return. And when we return, we will not return to be servants. We will return to rule, and we'll all be done through peace. Because the nations want to see the true Israelites. We won't have to shed a 
single blood shed. So on this show, we just believe in love, peace. We don't believe in killing nothing, okay? Simple and plain. Restoration of all things, folks. All right? So let's talk about righteousness. 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 Arlene, what would you define righteousness as? We say it a lot. What is righteousness, okay? Righteousness is the gift that's given at salvation. It was purchased by the blood of Christ, and it's given to each believer so that they're able to be changed from the inside out. And I would add to to that that righteousness is, and again, the chat room is open to those of you who want to log on the blog talk radio, and you can chat with me, okay, if I... Uh, a lot of times I'll answer questions if you have it. Um, but um, righteousness is, I would add, the ability to stand before a holy Elohim, such as Yahweh. I'm not talking about Christ right now. I'm not talking about Jesus or Yeshua or this person that came and died and lived and rose again. I'm not talking about him. I know that all power in heaven and earth has been given unto him. But again, what kind of person was the person that gave him that? Arlene, if I give you all power in heaven and in earth, what what does that make me? That I can hand that to you like a pair of shoes. What other kind of power do I got? We're talking about Yahweh today, folks, okay? This is who we worship. This is who we try to pattern our life after. And it just so happened that the Messiah is the perfect example of how to please this being called Yahweh. But this being, no man have talked to at any time according to what Christ said. Remember when Christ said in the Scriptures, search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. But they are they that speak of me. They are they that speak of me. At that time, that was just the Old Testament, and the Messiah was saying, they are they that these scriptures speak of me. Christ, Yeshua, or who we call Jesus. There was no body that walked the earth back then called Jesus, folks. I know that's a lot, a big pill for some of y'all, but you got to understand the J is too new. Let me touch a J on the, in, in the dictionary. This ink will probably get off, fall off on your hands. <laughs> just kidding. But the J is still wet on the books. It's a brand new alphabet. Doesn't have ancient. It's not an ancient uh, uh, alphabet. Again, there was no J in the Hebrew. There was no Jehovah. There was no Jeremiah. There was Jehovah, a Jeremiah. Okay, we got to look. Be very aware of the enemy's plot. Now that's not taking nothing from the person, Christ. Emmanuel, the one that died, came, lived, died, and rose and left. And a lot of y'all probably say, well, you know what? I got saved under Jesus. I don't care what you say. I'm always saying Jesus. My friend, continue to say Jesus if that's what you want. Because you know what? The Most High know exactly who you're talking about. So I'm not going to be like a lot of people out there and say, oh, you're calling on a false god. I'm not going to do that. Although I know that's what the enemy tried to do and making his name different and changing his, his, his appearance. I'm talking about the Pope commanding Michelangelo to to, to uh, render a white painting of of Christ, and Michelangelo painting his uncle's 
and, uh, the Lord's Supper consisting of his uncles and relatives and stuff. We're talking about how Europe whitewashed the Bible and then changed the name of the Messiah. But when you call on him, like our grandmothers did, you bet the demons trim because they know exactly who you're talking about. So I'm not too uh, whatever to say Jesus, okay? I don't think my salvation is going to, the most I know I'm not calling on the name of a deity. See, in the law it says don't call on the name of other gods, okay? But when I call on that name, it's like when people call me Seth, S-E-T. My name is Seth, but all my life I've been answering to Seth. I've given answers to so I know who you're talking about when they say that to me. And the most high know who we're talking about when we say Jesus or Jesus, a way maker, a burden bearer, way out of no way. They ain't his name. <laughs> but he know who we're talking about. So I don't know why folks can't get with that. But anyway, this being, Christ, always talked about another being. And as some of you know, I've said this in almost every one of our previous broadcasts. When the woman walked up to him and said, good master, he said, why do you call me good? There ain't but one that's good. What are you trying to say, brother? He ain't good. I'm saying what he said. Let's just stick to what he said. Woman, why do you call me good? Woman, why do you call me good? Thing but one is good. Hey, Messiah, let my son, when you come back and you rule on the earth, I told you he was coming, let my son sit on one side and the other on the other side. He says, that's not for me to give. It ain't for me to give, woman. I can't do that. The Father. When are you returning, somebody asked him. I don't know. The Father knows. One time Christ said out of his own mouth, if I do anything outside of the Father, it is not true. What? Now, the way I've been taught, Arlene, they say Jesus, because that's the name we've always used. Jesus, they pray to Jesus. They live to Jesus. They follow, uh, we definitely go to follow Jesus, for sure. But what I'm trying to say is, if Christ say out of his own mouth these things, that there is another being that we should suppose, you know, he even told the disciples, you have not prayed in my name, but pray to the Father. Pray to the Father. Pray to the Father in my name or in my way of praying. It don't mean in the prayer with, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can pray like that if you want. But just because you ended with, in Jesus' name I pray, that don't mean that what you just uttered, that prayer you uttered was in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name means to pray as though you are Christ. The word name in the strong concordance according to the Hebrew rendering means character and authority. Okay, folks, I know y'all enjoying this because even I'm listening to this show, and I'm actually enjoying it, and I'm not going to even wait any longer. I'm going to start clip number three if there's no questions or comments. Uh, I'm looking at the phone lines. If you have a question, please, please 
ask now before we start clip number three, which is going to be another 15 minutes. In the next 15 minutes, we'll stop again. We'll do it every 15 minutes, 16 minutes. We'll stop and see if there's any questions or comments about what you've just heard. Again, you listen to an old clip, 2011. That's my wife and I talking about righteousness is a gift. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Actually, the actual name is righteousness is a gift. Shall we continue in sin? If you look uh, in our uh, archives, it's a very old show. It's like the first show or the second show we did. And uh, this is the finale. There was like four parts to it. This is part four. I probably should have started with part one, then part two, but I thought I'd start with part four and see how y'all like it. If you like it, then I guess we'll go one through three, which is kind of backwards. But another thing is part four, we hit a lot of the other parts. So I did it. But anyway... We'll go ahead and uh, continue with uh, Seth and Arlene. Uh, I'm Seth, and you listen to Arlene as well. And uh, this is the Watchman of Zion. We are watching and praying. We're supposed to. The Scripture has commanded us to watch and pray, which is simply Watchman of Zion. It's the people of the Most High, uh, the, those that, who seek the Father in spirit and in truth. And that could be anybody. That could be you. No matter who you are, this show is not just for black people or just for, it's for those that seek the most high, period. We also reach out to natural ancient Zion, which are, which are the lost tribes of Israel. We believe they've been scattered throughout the four corners, and the Father has said over and over and over, not just in Ezekiel 37 with the dry bones, but he talks about it throughout the scriptures of there being a resurrection of the house of Israel and that even a remnant would return home to Israel one day. So we're reaching out to ancient Israel, which was initial, which was the first Zion. The people in the land were called Zion initially. But since Christ has come, the Father has opened up his arms and has welcomed humanity, as long as they seek him in spirit and truth. And this is modern-day Zion. So let's go to part three, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Hey. Amen. You can pray like that if you want, but just because you ended with, in Jesus' name I pray, that don't mean that what you just uttered, that prayer you uttered was in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name means to pray as though you are Christ. The word name in the Strong's Concordance, according to the Hebrew rendering, means character and authority. When you use a person's name or you do something in their name, you do it with the character and authority. All right, we're going to get into the study, but I just have to nail this down because the last time we are talking about this, and I don't know when we'll be on this subject, but as many of you know, a lot of y'all have been in church for a while, that the Scripture says, I'm thinking I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to actually give you all verses because, we, again, we're going down the road. I've been planning on going down. We'll get back on track in a second. But i got to address all these prayers to Christ, all these prayers to Jesus. You walk in churches and there is never the mention of Yahweh or Yahweh, which is a more traditional name of Christ according to the Hebrew, or Yeshua, 
Yahweh, or some different renderings. Don't get us talking about the different names of Christ. But the bottom line, bottom is, bottom line is, his name wasn't starting with a J. I just tell everybody, say Emmanuel, and so all these arguments of what the, the, the precise pronunciation. Because if you have a relationship with someone, it's nothing more embarrassing not to be able to know that you're not calling the right name. But I don't get too hung up in the name because, like I'm saying, folks, name means character and authority according to the strong concordance. It means character and authority. When you cast out demons, do you have the character of Christ? And are you talking to those demons as though you are the Messiah himself? Then you're not doing it in his name. There was a scripture. I was trying to look it up. If someone can help me, Arlene, if you remember. But remember in the book of Acts where they was preaching, and the, the, the soldiers told the, the, the early church, didn't we tell y'all not to preach in his name? Didn't we tell you not to preach in his name? Again, that's what he told the disciples of Christ after Christ left. He said, didn't we command you not to preach in that name? So what am I saying? I'm saying, how can somebody preach in a name, Arlene? If I told you right now, preach in the name of Jesus. You'd be like, look at me like, what? All they were saying was not to be talking about this person not to be believing in this person, not to be acting as though you're this person. It didn't mean that they was preaching and saying, in the name of Jesus, we just preached. That's all in the name means. So we need to pray to the Father. Yes, Christ is now King of kings, Lord of lords. He's, he's over the heavens and the earth. Everybody is being controlled by by. He is ruling. Let me back up. I'm talking too fast. The, the Father says, sit here on my right hand till I make the enemies your footstool. So the, the Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and the Father is giving him wisdom as to how to run the earth. Folks, this is Bible, okay? Again, this is not the topic we were supposed to be talking about. I'm just having to take this side road, and I've learned when the Spirit leads me, go there. A lot of you in these churches have dethroned the Father and made the Son the Father. And the Father holds purpose in sending the Son was so that we would get to know him. So if we're making Jesus or Yeshua the top key person, saying all power is due unto you, no, it's not. All power? No, all power is unto Yahweh. We do, can we sing a, a song to Christ, Arlene? Yes. yes. Can we say thank you, Christ, for your sacrifice? Yes. Can we say there's a name given among men? Well, I mean, what do you say? Yes. Can we say anything in the Bible that the Bible says about Christ? Yes. Can we sing it, put it in song? Yes. But when you start saying things like all power is due unto Christ, what? When you say that, I mean, we got to just make sure we get this right. Because let me tell you what happened. There are a lot of other people from other religions. The Muslim is one that actually pointed this out, and I thought, I said, man, he said, well, he said, man, y'all confusing. He said, you go to one church, they pray to the Father. Go to another church, they pray to the Son. Who y'all praying to? And I was like, my brother, you know, I think he just had an issue because he was Muslim, you know. And I'm not a Muslim, but I do agree with a lot of things they teach. It's just that simple, okay? Talking about the God of the Old Testament, it's just when Christ, we have some disagreement. But when they began to explain what they meant, I was like, you know what, you got a point. Because the next day at church, I listened. Somebody got up, with, did the announcements, and they was praying, and they prayed to Jesus. Next, they prayed to the Father. Somebody prayed to Jesus' name. Somebody prayed to Jesus' name to Jesus. Somebody prayed to the Father, 
in Jesus' name. I mean, confusing. We need to be tight on this, okay? So what Brother said, what does this have to do with righteousness? Let's get back to righteousness. I want everybody, because what we're going to do today is we're going to try to close a little early. All of you have me remember that I get excited. Uh, but we want to stop about 30 minutes before and talk about uh, and open up the lines for uh, anyone that wants to rebut or just comment, really, okay? We want to hear from the callers today as well as the chatters today, all right? Um, and also I want Arlene to share today out because I've talked for three episodes, and y'all need to hear her version because she learned something not too long ago uh, um, with a, a brother of ours, I mean, Andrew Womack. By the way, Andrew Womack is on our on my front page. And, I, and all this stuff needs to be said, folks. This brother is the brother the Most High used to salvage me spiritually. I mean, this brother, this this man, he's on my front page. If you go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones, you'll see this white man that sticks out, okay? That brother is Andrew Womack. This brother the Most High used years ago when I kept trying to live right, and I would sin, live right, and I would sin, live right. And I just got tired. I said, Father, I just I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was really, really serious about walking from the church, this whole trying to be righteous. I just feel like, look, it ain't for me. And this is what a lot of people are doing. This is why it's so dangerous to you callers out there, to you listeners out there, that's preaching this, this business of nobody can please, I mean, that, uh, excuse me, you're preaching that uh, when you sin, you're not, you're not a part of God's kingdom. And it's so error. It's so error about that. That is such an error. When you flesh it out, you ain't his. When if you lie, and I know when you lie, you feel horrible, and you feel you do feel like I'm definitely not his. But it ain't based on you. You don't have the authority to say who you are when you sin or when after before you sin. You don't have the authority to define anything because we're not the Most High. If He said I want to forgive man and wipe away their sins, past, present, and future, you better just jump on that train. You can't afford not to. Okay, but I was sinning. I was serious. I was serious, folks. Listen to me. Listen to me. Please listen to me. I was serious about being a Christian, what I call a Christian. That's not the appropriate name. You're not of Christ. You're of Yahweh. The enemies of Christianity call them Christians. You're not a Christian. You follow Yahweh and you follow Christ's example. You believe that Christ came, lived, died, rose, and left, and is coming again. You follow his example. You say what he say. You do what he do. You love everybody. You, he was the most perfect person to represent the Father. But we follow Yahweh. So the enemies of the church, they look at those Christians. They don't know who we are. Then we go naming us what they call it. So you're not a Christian. You're a believer. It's one thing I like about Kenneth Copeland. One thing I like, I disagree with him on a lot of fronts, but the one thing he did do is really coin this phrase believer. Believer. We're believers because that's what the Bible calls us. We're believers. We're saints. I know people say saints mean you're just all perfect. Whatever, that's one of my white friends would say, whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> you know that's funny. <laughs> Actually, she would say, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but truly, folks, we are of Yahweh. We follow Yahweh. We seek Yahweh. Seek to please Yahweh, okay? Now, um, 
Let's look at some other scriptures uh, before I get. Uh, oh, oh, I know somebody. Andrew Womack. I was wondering where was I. Andrew Womack. On my intro, if you click expand and look at the intro, at the bottom of the intro is a link to his website. He has free audio clips of him going through Romans 7. My goodness, oh my goodness, Arlene. Tell him, just just let the people know, Arlene, how much of a blessing. Andrew Womack saved my life. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, of course, using him. But this brother was sharing with me about how who was righteous, how you was righteous, and that when we sinned, why we were sinning, why we crave sin. And I was like, delivered, major D, delivered. I mean, it set me free because I realized everybody, see, the church had this this, this phony, and only I want you to, to share in a second here, but the church had this, this deceptive way, especially a lot of these old mothers in the church and these, some of these older people, they got this look of they're so pure and so holy and so righteous. If you think that, you are where I was. I later come to realize that some of the biggest devils in the church is over 80 wearing white stockings tied up with a knot on the side. <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. Some of them old missionaries, please, please. Some of the young people have a better chance if they was going to be righteous by works than them people. Old problems, old bitterness inside them, old unforgiveness. They got so many old sins. They've gotten parts of their life where they told the most high, forget it. Don't you dare come in this room. You're not, I mean, please, folks. Ain't nobody living righteous holy enough to be accepted by the Most High based upon your works. You need it to be given to you, and you better quit trying to work for that reason. Yes, do the works. Yes, live above par. Live a consecrated life, as we call it. But you're never, ever accepted by the Father based upon that. What that does is activate uh, 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 promises. The Bible is full of promises where he says of his uh, we've been given precious promises that by these we might partake of his divine nature, meaning, and I'm going to repeat that, we've been given precious promises. By these we shall partake of his divine nature. What I mean by that is the scripture is full of the Most High saying, you do this, and then I'll do that. If you do this, then I'll do that. If you obey me here, I'll do that. So you want to be obedient. You want to obey all scriptures, that way the Most High is obligated to do certain things in your life. Example, he says, I will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on me. says, if you pray in faith believing, you got to do that, then you shall receive. It says, the meek, if you're meek, the meek shall inherit the earth, M-E-E-K. If the Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. So the scripture is full of these promises. The Bible says by these promises we partake of his divine nature. So as we get these promises, as he reward us with his part of the bargain, we partake of his divine nature or what I call that premium first class living. As we obey, folks, in other words, I'm talking fast, as we obey, he does things that he says he would do in the scriptures. He does his portion, his part, his promise. He fulfilled his promise. And as we want to live a life full of the most high fulfilling promises because we've done our part. But that has absolutely positively nothing to do with you being righteous. 
Are you been? Let me say it another way. You be, you being given the ability to stand before Him as a child, as a son, as a daughter, and be accepted. Folks, we no longer have to be like the Old Testament saints, the Old Testament priests that have to 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 offer up sacrifices and go through the Holy of Holies, and if they wasn't right, they get struck dead. We don't have to go through that ceremony no more. Now we can walk into the Holy of Holies, Holy of Holies, or in other words, into his presence, because the presence of the Most High dwelled, excuse me, the presence of Christ in his form of glory, I should say. That was the God of the Old Testament, Christ in his form of glory. Again, nobody has seen the Most High or talked to him at any time per Christ. But anyway, they was walking in that Holy of Holies talking to the God of the Old Testament or the Elohim of the Old Testament. When they wasn't righteous, they died. He killed them right there in the Holy of Holies or when they was walking around the altar there, sprinkling blood. Now we don't have to go through that ritual. We can pray on our knees right now and go straight to the Father. That's what we mean by righteousness. We've been given the right to access the Father. We can access the Father. We can access the Father. But we still got to live right in terms of obeying these commandments or else we'll reap damnation on us. If we go rob a banquet, probably get killed. He ain't going to protect you from getting killed or shot by some security guard. If you don't think right thoughts, you bring all types of curses upon you. So we have got to live right. We're not advocating living any kind of way on this show. Please understand that. We're just letting you know that none of your efforts can make you righteous and holy enough to stand before this Elohim. Okay? Arlene, share with you about the brother that's on the front of my page at blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. I have a white brother, and I say white for a reason, okay? Uh, uh, he's white. <laughs> but Andrew Womack has been a blessing in my life. Share what, he have, what, what the most have done and, and, and through him help you with. Okay, well, basically he talks about um, righteousness being a gift, a gift that's given to each and every one who believes in the work of Christ. And uh, that gift is freely given. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Our mothers Okay, people, no, you don't have audio difficulties. That's the end of that clip. And I got a mouthful of food because I didn't expect to end it. Listen, you listen to The Watchman of Zion, and we'll listen to an old show back in 2011 with my wife and I talking about the righteousness uh, being of uh, faith, grace, a gift from the Father versus what we could muster up on our own. That was clip number three. We have clip number four, five, six, seven, eight. They are about 15 minutes long. I am monitoring the phone. I am monitoring the phone lines. If you have questions or comments, questions or comments, you can ask them just as though it's a live show, and I'll be happy to answer those questions or comments. I'm looking at the chat room right now. Thank you, Line021, for your comments. I'm looking at the phone lines. I don't see nobody's hand up. Again, press 1 on the phone lines. Now, if you want to comment or if you have a question in the chat room, type now before I go to the next clip. The clips are 15 minutes to 16 minutes long. We won't take questions at that time, only to only when the clip is over. 
But I know y'all are enjoying this because this is a major, major error, not just within the Hebrew Israelite community, but within the church community of people trying to work their salvation. Again, yes, we're commanded to live right, live a chaste, holy uh, consecration is a, a consecrated is a better word. A consecrated life. We're supposed to do our part as the Scripture commands to do this. We're supposed to do this and then the other. Uh, but in terms of that, those efforts being good enough to bring us before a holy Elohim or the God the, or the Most High, I should say, that's a joke. We we cannot never do nothing good enough to stand before his presence. Our forefathers, when I say our, I mean Israel, Israel forefathers, the Israelites of the Bible, their righteousness wasn't good enough. What make you think yours is going to be? So no matter how much you get to Shabbat, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast, no matter how much you give away, I don't care if you even died for your neighbor. It's not good enough to go before this holy and righteous Father. You have to accept what he has given us, that righteousness. And we'll talk about that a little later in this, in this next clip. Hopefully y'all are enjoying this as much as I am hearing this all over again. All right? Uh, here we go, clip number four. But Andrew Womack has been a blessing in my life. Share what, he have, what, what the most have done and, and, and through him help you with Okay, well, basically he talks about um, righteousness being a gift, a gift that's given to each and every one who believes in the work of Christ. And uh, that gift is freely given. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Our mothers didn't pay for it. Or, you know, there was nothing done uh, that had anything to do with our effort or energy that got it for us. It's a free gift so that we don't get puffed up about it and we don't hold it over other people. We have it and you don't. It's one of those things that we got as a gift. Now, it's a spiritual gift. It's something that happens on the inside of us. It's a knowledge of uh, being in a right standing with the Most High, being able to be in relationship with Him, being able to enter into His presence with no guilt, you know, with uh, a mentality of a sense of belonging, a sense of connectedness but not to have to come in with your head down, you know, bowing and, you know, uh, just saying I don't deserve to be here, but to say I'm thankful that you've given me right standing to come before you. And you receive that as a gift. And you have to believe that that's a work that's done on the inside because the outside has to learn and grow appropriately based on the scriptures that you learn, you meditate in, you allow the Holy Spirit to help uh, manifest in your behavior and how you live your lifestyle. But regardless of how you live your life, you receive that gift of righteousness within your spiritual man. And um, he used an analogy because um, he talked about it's as if uh, we are no longer having sin imputed unto us because of the gift of righteousness. If you have the sin imputed unto you, then you don't need righteousness. You're just going to try and pay it off. Uh, he compared it to a credit card. If we could look at our righteousness as a credit card from, from uh, Yeshua given to us to pay our debt, 
why would we pull our own credit card out of our wallet to pay our debt? And that's what people do when they try to use works to define why they're in right standing with God, why it is that they uh, are able to stand before him with clean hands because they say these certain prayers or they do these certain acts or they dress a certain way or they only talk to certain people or they only do certain things on certain days at certain times with certain people. Uh, Those people that are using that kind of lifestyle to give them the credibility to be a righteous one those people are not resting on the gift of righteousness that's given to them. It's a spiritual gift. It's something that you are given um, freely, and you are to freely receive it, and you believe it. Uh, the scripture says that you are to, in Romans uh, twelve two that you are to transform yourself by renewing your mind. And you have to renew your mind in the fact that you have a gift of righteousness. You have to believe that on the, uh, on the inside you belong to and look like the Most High. He has given that spirit to you. Uh, Seth always comments about if the Most High was the sea, which we know is a huge body of water, well, you're a glass of that same water. It's just the same. It's maybe not as much of it, but it's just the same water. So we have that living on the inside of us, and as we believe on that, it actually purifies us because if we understand who it is that we belong to, who it is that dwells within us, it causes us to want to please him. It causes us to want to be more like him. If you woke up tomorrow and somebody told you that you were a long-lost relative of some uh, billionaire, I believe that you would want to find out about your roots what kind of people you're from, what kind of, uh, you know, uh, places they live in, what kind of history there is. And I, I bet eventually that would change how you live your today and your tomorrow. That's what righteousness is. If you look for it, if you trust in it, if you believe on it, if you expect it, and if you treat others as righteous, then eventually what happens is their outer lifestyle begins to change, their outer appearance begins to change, the way they see others will begin to change, and then what happens is a manifestation of that gift of righteousness happens in your actual physical life. So that's what I believe and that's what I've learned so far. That brother right there, again, a lot of ministry gifts can help you. He's just a regular man, regular old man, and it's been other brothers that have that, that shared uh, I've liked Fred Price and lots of other brothers have shared. But, folks, we need to, and a lot of us need to get over this business of whites not being able to teach us. That's another thing. I've heard some, a lot of people say, you know, these people are the devil. And, you know, well, go ahead. And that means you just won't be blessed by them. and You'll be somewhere arrogant only to find out years later that you needed them because the Most High is going to have his people are going to look like the great speckled bird. He, although Andrew Womack made not even believe we Israel. He may not. You see, different people can walk with you different in different ways. Everybody don't see all truth. Some people see a little bit here, a little bit there. Now, I'm saying we got to be led by the Spirit. The Scripture says a righteous man uh, steps his order of the Lord. The Most High is going to bring people across your path with truth. You can reject it, and you'll be somewhere you know, seven years old saying, Dad, I wish I would have remembered this and wish I would have heard this. Well, you did hear it, but you were so arrogant 
thinking that nobody could teach it. And I'm not talking about no one person out there. I'm talking about lots of people over the years I've heard that say they don't want to sit on the black people or they don't want to sit on the white people or they don't want to sit on the older people or they don't want to sit on the young people. No young person can tell them nothing. No, lots of people can tell you things, okay? And remember, the truth is often stranger than fiction. Everybody, please uh, turn your books to Romans 7. Excuse me, Romans um, Let's start at Romans 5. We're going to read this. Now, I feel bad about doing this because we already did this before, Lee. That's all right. Uh, we already did this in, 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 in episode number two. We went through the book of Romans. But Romans is vital in understanding righteousness because the Apostle Paul, while you're turning to Romans 5, everybody, turn to Romans 5. The Apostle Paul, had a major conflict in his flesh. And, oh, you know what? Let's let's do this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go one way, but I keep getting uh, different things pulling me in another direction. Brother John, I'm going to put you on the spot. He's probably like driving and almost crashed when I said that. But I do want to put you on the spot because uh, this brother, I know he's, I wouldn't ask him if I didn't think he would do it, but this brother has been one of those brothers that's been blessed by the previous episodes. And I want them to hear uh, the listeners to hear a voice other than Seth and Arlene that have really been blessed by the previous episodes. And I want him to share as long as he wants, okay? And I'm going to go there as long as you want, all right? Uh, but I'm going to open up. If you don't mind sharing, press 1 on your phone. Now, if you're doing something and you can't share right at this second, I understand. We'll just call on you a little later on the show. But I know that uh, you don't wouldn't mind. So if you're there, Brother John, uh, uh, from Kentucky, and you uh, wouldn't mind just letting the people know how much this has been a blessing to you, just press 1 on your phone, okay? Uh, but anyway, while we're waiting on Brother John to respond, uh, I want everybody to uh, turn in your Bibles to uh, Romans 5. Turning your Bibles to Romans 5. Okay. Okay. I'll wait till you get there. But I just wanted y'all to hear, and Brother John be called here hopefully in a second. But I wanted y'all to hear somebody other than me and my wife and has been tremendously blessed by this uh, uh, this 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 um, justification uh, topic. Alright? So if we'll turn to Romans 5, I'm just going to read it. But I'm going to jump around because some of y'all can read on your own. All right? So let's go ahead and read Romans 5. Now, I want you to think about being justified by faith while we read. Okay? So while we read, think about this whole business of justification. Think about what I'm saying. I say sin is in your flesh. I say sin is in your flesh. It's not in your spirit. I say when you're tripping and you're doing all these things you should be doing, I'm talking about lying, cheating, stealing, and, uh, yeah, I'm talking about all sin. I'm talking about all sin because the Scripture says if you offend in one area of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. So my friend who finds yourself being jealous from here and, here and there, you are a murderer. You are a liar. You are a pedophile. Yes, you, you. Well, I just say there once in a while, you are a murderer, according to the Most High. You better go through the grace thing and accept the, the gift of righteousness because folks 
There is no other way. If we find ourselves doing any sins, we're guilty of all sin. It's just that simple. So you out there that's preaching, honey, you can't do this, you can't do that. Listen, if you are doing any sin, you are guilty of all sin. If you see it like that, then you'll be like, whoa, well, what, what can save us? Man, wow, wow. Then you'll start looking at this a little different. But if somebody don't bring these things out, what happens is we start to try to be justified. We try, we try to live a life creating our own type of righteousness. And I've had this conversation with probably hundreds of people that's been just constantly saying, no, if you're a Christian, you ain't going to do this. No, if you're a Christian, you just ain't going to do that. That is not true. If you are a believer and you don't find yourself in the scriptures daily, I know this by living this, if you don't find yourself in the scriptures daily, if you don't find yourself on your knees daily, praying to the Most High, staying in the spirit of prayer, if you don't fellowship, meaning having friends that really is serious, serious, serious about having a, living in harmony with the creator and with the planet and with the environment and with their brothers and their sisters and themselves, yes, themselves, living their peace with themselves. If you don't seek people out and surround yourself with people like that, you're going to really flesh out, and you will look no different in the world. So when you curse, your F you going to sound like their F you. They had the two different F you's. It's only one. When you curse somebody out, you're going to sound like the world. When you go ahead on me. My comment is that it sounds like we're saying you can live any way you want to live and it don't matter. It's like, shall we just sin? Uh, God forbid. And that's not true. The thing is, you do need to read the scriptures. You do need to pray. You do need to fellowship. You do need to live a life to please the Most High. But you don't have to live a life to be right with the Most High. So just keep that in mind. You're in right standing. You will mess up. But you don't lose your righteousness because you mess up. What you do is you get up from that. You ask for forgiveness, which you already have. You move forward. You try to please him, just like you try to please anyone that you love. Anybody in your life that you love, you want to please them. You want to make them happy. You want to make them smile. You know, you want them to be proud of you. That's why you try to live a certain way that's different from the world. You don't live a certain way that's different from the world to be righteous. You already are. And that's already our meaning you believe that Christ came, lived, died, rose, and left. You say, I don't believe in that. Well, that's okay. You just keep, you know, keep studying the scriptures and keep pursuing, and hopefully the Father will draw you and give you the faith to believe, which is a gift. The faith is even a gift. And once you believe, what happens? What happens when I believe? What happens when I do believe that he came, lived, died, rose, left? What happens, Arlene? What happens? What happens is you then are given the gift of righteousness. By me, by that, I mean your sins are blotted out. First of all, sins, let's get this sin thing straightened out a little, a little further. All sin has been taken care of. Forever. Forever. All right, your sins are already blotted out. 
Okay, it already washed away, as the scriptures say. And we're going to read here in a second. Again, turn your Bibles to Romans 5. Most specifically, Romans 5 and uh, 12. Okay? Your sins is washed away. Uh, the Bible said that God the Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto the world. The Father was in Christ. When Christ walked on the earth, the Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto the world. That means when Christ would run up on somebody and have sin, the Most High was not holding that sin against that person, no matter who they were. Christ was not, the Father was not blaming people while he was in Christ, and Christ was up on the earth. The opposite, the Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto the world. So sin has been taken care of. We just have to receive the gift of salvation or receive the Messiah, receive uh, the work, I should say, the work that has been done through the Messiah. Receive what the Father has offered you through the Messiah's death, burial, resurrection. That more put more uh, perfectly is what I meant to say. If we turn to Romans 5 and 13, Romans, I'm sorry, Romans 5 and 12, Romans 5 and 12. Arlene, you want to start that, please? Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin... And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And you know what? Everybody believed that. We believe through Adam. Everybody sinned. Everybody sinned. Nobody, we all just a bunch of sinners. We all, we got a, everybody got a Ph.D. Congratulations. We all know that. That by Adam and Eve's fall, sin had come upon them. I think the kids even know that. I know y'all are enjoying this. I know y'all are enjoying this. Again, this is a old clip. This is Brother Seth coming at you today, and you listen to an old clip of Arlene, my wife, and myself talking about righteousness being a gift versus having to work for it, like so many people teach. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to go to clip number five. We got five, six, seven, eight to come. These clips are about 15 minutes. I know y'all are enjoying them. I know I did. It's one of the reasons I picked this this particular show to replay at this time. Um, I want to say shalom to you, uh, Lion021, and those all the rest of you in the chat room. Uh, thank y'all. Thank you, Lion, for making those comments. Um, on the, in, on the phone lines, uh, those of you just that will just I see you there sitting, listening. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate the love, y'all. But more importantly, uh, you should appreciate yourself for pursuing truth because you're not really doing me no favors per se. This is I mean you are you are you are listening because you don't have to listen. You can be listening to somebody else. So yes, you are. But really and truly, this is for you as well. We need to be reminded of our status, our right standing with the Father. Our sin does not, any sin does not hinder mankind anymore from approaching the Father. That's the good news. That's what Christ came, one of the things he came to establish. Mankind no longer have to go through priests. No longer have to go through priests. 
So I'm going to go ahead and go straight to clip number five, and uh, we'll just uh, continue to enjoy. I think this is clip number five, maybe clip six. But if it's the wrong clip, I'll put the next one. All right? But I'm enjoying this. I really am. It's just good to know uh, that our righteousness is not left in our hands because, as the scriptures say, your righteousness is as a fifth, your righteousness, talking about the uh, forefathers of the Old Testament, your righteousness is as filthy rags. And it goes on to say there's none righteous, no, not one. We talking about people that live circles around our culture. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a decadent society as our culture. And if they couldn't please the Most High, what in the world do we think we can do? We're trying to read the scriptures, keep the Shabbat uh, fast, pray, give alms, or whatever y'all are doing to make yourself feel good when you look in the mirror. Now, again, all these things are needed. One more time. Again, all these things are needed, and we should be doing these things because they bring blessings. Not good enough to bring us into the presence of the Most High. He has to give us righteousness. He has to give us access, which was established with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Here come clip number five. I hope y'all are enjoying this. Um, I'm just going to keep it coming. For that all have sinned. For and you know what? Everybody believe that. We believe through Adam. Everybody's sinned. Everybody's sinned. Nobody, we all just a bunch of sinners. We all, we got a, uh, everybody got a Ph.D. Congratulations. We all know that. That by Adam and Eve's fall, sin have come upon us. I think the kids even know that. Keep reading. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Whoa, 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 whoa. How in the world can there be sin if there's no law? How can there be a penalty? How can the cop write a ticket if there is no laws nowhere? How can the cops write a ticket to you if there is no laws nowhere? So now that we're not under the law, there is no sin in terms of the Father holding sin against mankind as far as it blocking you from entering into his presence. Now, if your flesh craves sin and you find yourself breaking, uh, how can I say this? If you find yourself craving wickedness, okay, because your flesh is not, it's still under the law. We're talking about the spirit. The Bible says those that worship the Father must worship in spirit and in truth, okay? The spirit, the, the spirit is how we're to worship him. And in the spirit there is no sin. However, your flesh can crave this world. Your flesh can serve sin because your flesh is not under grace. You understand what I'm saying? Am I making it clear? We can keep reading and make it clear as we read the scriptures. But I want to get that get that understood, that our flesh is not saving. Our flesh craves this world. It craves sin and lust. It wants to eat more than it's supposed to. It wants yeah. to The do, flesh is a servant. It's a servant of sin. It's, it's just not having been redeemed yet. On the other hand, our spirit man can be born again by the Holy Spirit once we receive the work that Christ has done, that the Father has done through Christ. Okay? Go ahead and finish reading. Nevertheless, 
death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned at the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of the Most High and the gift by grace, which is by one man, uh, the Messiah, hath abandoned unto many, has abounded unto many. Read that again. But not as the offense, so also is a free gift. For if through the offense of one, Adam, many be dead, much more the grace of the Most High and the gift by grace, which is of one man, Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance. Much more. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Christ. So basically, uh, through uh, Adam, who basically was the one who uh, made the offense and caused death to be passed on, it wasn't a physical death, because as everybody has read in Genesis, when he, uh, when the, the Most High told him, if you partake of this tree, you shall surely die. Well, when he took of the tree, he did not fall dead to the ground. He lived like 700 more years. So it wasn't a physical death. It was a spiritual death. So what Adam did was he partook of something which caused him to uh, spiritually die. So he lost that right standing. So he was out of the presence of the Most High. So he purchased that for every mankind, everybody in mankind. So then the second Adam, who is Christ, has come and who has given us the free gift of righteousness, shall reign in, in life by one. So he basically has given us the gift of righteousness where in our spirit, again, we are in right standing. It doesn't mean our physical life. It means our spiritual life is in right standing. Just like Adam, the first Adam, lost that spiritual life. Again, he didn't fall dead. He lost that spiritual life. This new Adam, this Adam from the Most High, purchased that spiritual life, that right standing with the Most High. So we're like Adam and Eve then. In the spirit, we're just as righteous as they were. They walked with him in the garden. They spoke with him in the garden. Now, that's a right standing And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's what we're supposed to be doing if we would just believe it. If we would just believe that what Christ purchased for us was that right relationship that Adam and Eve had with the Most High in the garden. And check this out, Arlene. So now what we've done to show you how messed up we are, we've made the Father the Son, and we don't even talk about the Father. And the Holy Spirit that's been sent to the earth, the Bible says it was sent here to reveal the will of the Father, 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 not the will of the Son, who is willing to serve the will of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is sent to 
to reveal us who the Father is, but the Holy Spirit is probably wondering, what is up with these people? Because we're making the Son the Father, and he's sent to talk about the Father because we never had a relationship with the Father. Christ is the, the God of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Christ said of his own mouth, search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, but they are they that speak of me. He was talking about the Old Testament. There was no New Testament when he said this because they was writing the New Testament as he was, you know. Right. Okay? But he said the, the Old Testament is all they had. He said, search the scriptures, but they are they that speak of me. Okay. Mm-hmm. He says, no man has seen the Father at any time. Right, right, right. And or spoken to him. And he said that if you see me, you see the Father. Right. But and that I can that's that, but that right there, that scripture right there, is what thrown off thousands, if not millions, of people in the thinking. Yeah, see right there, he said he was, he was the father. No, he just meant that he acts like the father. Right. They're one. They're on one accord in everything. Right. That's true. Just like somebody said, if you watch my son, you can see me. Not my son, because he he. And but I'm just saying, a lot of sons. I mean, Josiah does his own thing sometimes. But I mean, uh, when sons really, really, really idolize their father in every single way, and they want to, they're in line with their father in every single way. Most fathers can't boast this. Okay, our, our sons may want to be would be like us in some things, but some fathers have sons that idolize them in everything. And when you see that son, you are looking at that father. Okay, so uh, go ahead, Ernie. I mean, I just. Go ahead, what you're saying. Okay, so basically then, the work of Christ was the gift of righteousness, which was to give that gift back to mankind. That was taken through Adam's fall. So Christ came, and he became our sacrificial lamb to offer up our sin to the Most High, to be consumed. And uh, then going on in verse 18... Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, which was the first Adam, even so, by the righteousness of one, Christ, the free gift, came upon all men unto justification of life. For as for one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous, and that's through Christ. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. The law entered that the offense might abound. Okay, what do we mean? That, uh, that, that, that I hate the way they word stuff in the Bible sometimes with certain words. Not that I want to hate the scriptures, but check this out. What she is saying is before the law entered the picture, I think there was like 2,000 years, Arlene, yeah. of where men went without a law, okay? Adam's time until the law. They was just doing things that was destroying them, their neighbors, and their environment, their planet. And something had to happen to stop these people from doing, because they was doing all kind of crazy stuff. So what the Most High did is he started sharing with them this is how you do it. There's a, there are absolutes here. You can't do this. You shouldn't do this. This is going to destroy the planet. This is going to destroy you. You shouldn't listen to your neighbor. But when that happened, when she said that sin, say it again, how? Moreover, the law entered the, that the offense might abound. The offense might abound. All the offense might be made known. 
You are offending your brother. You can't do that to your brother. Don't eat this. Don't do that to that crop. Don't think that. Sexually, don't do this. There was different things they could and could not do. And when they obeyed those laws, it preserved them. It preserved their land, their environment, their their planet, their you know, their neighbors felt better when they did things, you know. The, right. the law, in other words, came to the picture, as Arlene just read, that men might know, oh, this is wrong. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know running that red light would get me killed. You live right. in India, you'll respect, be glad to see red lights. But once that law came, then an awareness of that law and an, a disobedience of that law brought about imputing sin. Because now that you're aware that there are some laws that, you know, that will work for your benefit and you choose not to do them, then there is a guilt that comes. There is a consciousness of sin that comes. Now you know you're messing up. Before it was kind of left up to you to decide good and evil. Now with the law you know when you're misbehaving. And because of that, there's no right standing. So you have to rely on the blood of bulls and goats and rams to, uh, to uh, attribute for your sin. So they had to wait once a year. Can you imagine waiting once a year, feeling guilty all year, and having to wait once a year to have your that burden of sin taken off of you, that sense of guilt taken off of you, that feeling that you are less than taken off of you, and then you leave from there and you've got a whole year not to disobey those rules? That is a hard way to live. And uh, I see uh, one of one of one of this brother a shirt, and I actually see him in the chat room. Dumb America six six six. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling you out, my brother. But this particular brother, I heard him say something. I'm gonna quote it. He uh, was saying that uh, that a lot of religions. And if I get you wrong, my brother, you can come on and just share. But he was saying that a lot of religions. I think he said all religions have this element in them that, that really pushes us away from the Most High. All of them. They're designed to, to push us away because, let's face it, Satan ain't just twiddling his thumb. If he's going to be anywhere, he's going to be in these churches. But a lot of these churches is pushing us away. And, and, and he is right because this particular doctrine we're talking about today, this whole sin consciousness, is taught in all these churches. Almost every one of these churches on Sunday morning not everybody, maybe not your church, but most churches is preaching this whole business of if you're a Christian, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. And I'm simply saying the complete opposite. I'm saying you can be the biggest of the Christians. I mean, if you got people like Jerry Savelle, I'm not, excuse me, not Jerry, Jerry, Jimmy Swaggart, you know, the fall he had and, you know, and PTL and all these scandals, uh, Bishop Eddie Long, People are so shocked. You know why it's a big deal? Because they're preaching this doctrine. It's this brother I'm referring to that goes by Dumb America 666. This comment he made, he's right. A lot of these churches is pushing people away from the Most High. They ain't bringing people to the Most High. They're part of the problem, okay? It's just that simple, folks. Okay, and, and uh, I'm not trying to make it like I got all the answers. Let's just go there. I'm really not, but I've learned it. I'm, this is my personal testimony. I was one of those persons that just believed that because 
I would find days, not every day, not every day, not sometimes even every week, but I would find those moments in my walk with the Most High that I was thinking things that I didn't want to think. And we got to get on the Romans 7 here, Arlene, in the, in the reading. But uh, I was thinking things I didn't want to think. I was I was doing things I didn't want to do. And I find myself saying, you know what, I'm just faking, man. I'm not real. If I was real, I wouldn't do this, you know, because that's what they preach in church. If you're real, honey, you just can't do this. If you're a believer or call yourself a Christian, you're not going to be doing this. And we see these priests, pastors falling like left and right, and I think the most high is saying, duh, this is how they've been living. They live like you. <laughs> if they're not in the scriptures and they're not fellowshipping with people that are on fire for the most high, for his work, for his people, for his word, they're not bathing themselves in prayer, not no four times a day, which is that's good that the Muslims do, but we need prayer more than four times a day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Okay? Pray without ceasing, my friend. You're supposed to constantly be prayer with the Father. Thank him. Look how good you have it. You might complain, but your life, could be a whole lot worse. We don't tell the Father thank you. And while I'm not, you know, like with the whole Sabbath thing, we should give him a day, at least. But I don't think the Most High ever wanted a day. I don't think he ever wanted just one day. He just said that because he had a knucklehead nation that wouldn't give him no time. But his will is what has happened since Christ has come. Our life is supposed to be a Sabbath and that we cease from working and toiling and late. We trust him now. We don't have the stress or shouldn't have the stress. This is stepping on my toes right now. We shouldn't have the stress or worry where we're going to eat next or where we're going to go next or where we're going to be employed next or where, well, how we're going to get a better job or make more money. I want to do something else. I want, to, you know, I want a more profitable business. Again, this is stepping on my toes. Uh, just real briefly, I just got a message that we got 90 seconds. Those of you in the chat room that want to comment, please, please, please call the phone lines. Call the phone lines. Call the phone lines. If you're in the chat room and you don't, or you want to join the show, you must call the phone lines. That's 280. I'll actually post that number. It's 760-283. 760-283-0838. Anyway, folks, that was clip number five. I hope you all enjoyed that. we got three more clips. And uh, this is a old pre-recorded show with me and my wife uh, that we did on righteousness, righteousness. And uh, I hope you all are enjoying the show. It's good hearing, hearing it all over again. You know, truth don't never get old. And I'm hearing things uh, that's really got me thinking, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and go. Uh, by the way, anybody on the phone line with a question or comment, if you're on the phone line, so you have a question or comment, press 1, and we'll take your question or comment right now before we go to clip number. Uh, okay, I do have a, someone with their hand up. Anybody else with their hand up, go ahead and lift it up now because we're going to go on another, with another clip, and it's going to be clip number 6. 
And each one of these clips are about 15 minutes, and then after the clip, we'll take another question or comment. Anybody in the chat room that have a question or comment, please type your question, and we'll get to you as soon as possible. Okay, area code 661-917. Uh, first of all, who am I speaking with? Give me your name and where you're calling from, all the names you want us to call you, and what city you're calling from. Uh, my name is Akbar. And I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Hello, Mr. Akbar, and good to welcome to the show. Um, this is the uh, Watchman of Zion. You know, Scripture told us to watch and pray. So what's on your mind, Mr. Watchman? Um, so uh, I was actually on another chat um, about two days ago, and uh, I brought up the same topic. I just wanted to get some insight from you brothers and see what you might have to say on it. Um, the topic was a, a Muslim guy had posted this to, uh, posed this question to me. Um, you know, if on the on the first day the Most High, you know, said let there be light, he divided it uh, divided the light from the darkness, and that was the first day. And then it you know goes on to say you know divided the firmament and whatnot. Then he got to the fourth day and he said uh, let there be light, and he called the you know the sun and the, the other light the moon. And I was on the fourth day, so he was like, how did four days pass uh, if he, like, created the light again on the fourth day? Brother, I have no idea. That is the first time I've heard that. You're taking okay. us off subject. A, you're taking us off subject a little bit, but I, I, I'm one of those persons. I don't mind it. But uh, you actually... Um, Put some on my mind to think about. That's good. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I did the research, but I just wanted to get some other insight or a different perspective. Um, so, yeah, I just joined in, so I don't know. I was taking y'all off topic. I apologize. Yeah, we're talking about being, you know, there's a movement among the Israelites and among really all the believers, especially even some of the other some of the other religions where people are trying to live out their own righteousness, trying to be righteous by what they do, by praying and fasting and facing the east and wearing this and wearing that and saying this and saying that and changing their names. And they're just trying to be righteous enough to where the Father would be pleased with them. They're trying in their own efforts and of these things are good and we're supposed to be trying to do good deeds and anything that is wholesome, we're supposed to be uh, 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 joining that. We're supposed to be of that mindset. We, none of these things, though, is good enough to use to come before Holy Elohim or the Father. So the show tonight is talking about righteousness and, and versus works. Righteousness versus your own works, you know. We believe that righteousness is a gift, and that's what this show is about tonight. But you did put something out there, and I'm sure it's not just me listening, other people listening, and uh, we'll we'll have to think about that. All right. I appreciate it. Todah. Shalom. All right. Shalom, my brother. And that's a good question, a good uh, good topic, and... Uh, but hopefully y'all enjoying the clips. 
This is an old show again, my wife and I, just talking about righteousness, righteousness. How do we approach the Father? What does he look for in us as humans? What makes him happy? And it's to a point that if the people in the Old Testament could not please him, people that, you know, opened up the Red Sea or was a part of the Red Sea being opened, talking about Moses, talking about the Elijahs of the world, talking about the Daniels of the world. These prophets could not please the Father, and their righteousness was as filthy rags. Here we are living in Babylon, the most wicked nation, I believe, on the planet. Yes, it's full of technology and all this other stuff, but along with all of this technology and advancement, we also are advanced in wickedness. How can we living in the middle, in the bowels of this nation, feel like that we can muster up enough righteousness to go before a holy Elohim, holy God? It's foolishness. I'm going to go ahead with clip number six, and after that we'll take more questions or comments, uh, uh, and it don't have to be on the topic. Uh, so... We're going to go ahead and just finish. I'm really enjoying hearing this all over again. It's just got my mind really going. All right? So let's enjoy clip number six. For that all have sinned. For and you know what? Everybody believe that. We believe through Adam. Everybody's sinned. Everybody's sinned. Nobody, we all just a bunch of sinners. We all, we got to. Actually, it's clip number At seven. Least, so, but I don't say. So we got, hold on a second. Sorry, sorry. We got clip number seven and eight, and we're done. Okay, clip number seven is 14 minutes and 45 seconds. We'll take a break, or uh, not a break, but we'll take uh, uh, any questions or comments after after clip number seven, and then there will be clip number eight, okay? But I'm enjoying this. Here's clip number seven. At least, but I don't think the Most High ever wanted a day. I don't think he ever wanted just one day. He just said that because he had a knucklehead nation that wouldn't give him no time. But his will is what has happened since Christ has come. Our life is supposed to be a Sabbath in that we cease from working and toiling and late. We trust him now. We don't have the stress or shouldn't have the stress. This is stepping on my toes right now. We shouldn't have the stress or worry where we're going to eat next or where we're going to go next or where we're going to be employed next or where, how we're going to get a better job or make more money. I want to do something else. I want a, you know, I want a more profitable business. Again, this is stepping on my toes. I'm just saying. It really ain't even about me, but I'm just thought I threw it out there. This is about his word and what he is saying in the scripture. So let's move on, Arlene. Um, I'm still in the five. Right. That that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by the Messiah, our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? See, at Paul is saying the same thing we say. When we preach this, we always get folks saying, well, man, we can, we can just sin. In ancient times, they would say, so what shall we say then? We don't talk like that today. We say, well, it's not like you're trying to say we can just sin. That's not what we're saying, folks. If you get that you're not listening or you came in too late, we're not saying you can sin. Matter of fact, if you go around sinning with your flesh, because that's not under the law. The flesh is not under the law. I mean, the flesh is under the law. It's still, you know, when you violate scriptures, 
fleshly speaking, yes, you will reap damnation. You absolutely will. The scripture said, keep your mind on me and I'll keep you in perfect peace. So if you don't keep your mind on him, then you're not going to have perfect peace. It's just that simple. Okay? So there's a bunch of scriptures, thousands of them, where the most I say, you've got to do this and then I'll do that. You've got to do this now and then I'll do that. So if you don't do those things, you're not, he's not going to fulfill his portion and you won't have that superior life that comes through obedient to the scriptures. Can I make an analogy? Go ahead. Uh, the analogy I like to make about the flesh, the flesh is like a wild dog, a wild animal that's used to just doing whatever it wants and being wild and vicious. Once your spirit is saved and made righteousness and righteous as the Holy One, you have to use the scriptures to train that wild dog. If you don't, it's going to stay wild to the day you leave the planet. If you do, then what will happen is that you will bring more honor and glory to the kingdom of the Most High because of how you're living your life. But you won't be any more righteous than the person that dies a wild dog. So what you have to do is use the scriptures and prayer to tame that wild dog, which is the flesh. It's acting like it was created to act. It's just a flesh. It's a representative of the world. It connects with the world through your five senses. Your five senses gather information to tell you what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, and what you feel. And you can live by that and be a wild dog, or you can funnel or filter that through your spirit and the knowledge that is in the scriptures, and you can tame that wild dog. Good point. Good point. The law was written to tame that wild dog, just to tame the wild dog, not to be righteous. Say that again? The law was written to tame that wild dog, not to be righteous. I like that. That's well put on me. Okay, keep reading, please. Okay. Shall we uh, that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Christ, were baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Whoa, 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 whoa. We were, say that again, that is just so. Baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That's talking about the old man. This scripture is addressing those people that are born again. What had happened to us when we became born again? If you're listening to this broadcast and you have no idea what born again is, you're not born again, keep listening. It will make it should make more sense. If you're still inquisitive, we have links on the site. You can, at my front page, you can link and that talks about righteousness, Okay. Especially Andrew Womack at the bottom of that description, like I said, if you just click on, go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones, five underscore smooth underscore stones. When you see uh, the, the, the Andrew Womack on there, I'm talking about him in the description. Move to the bottom of the description and have a link to his site. Listen to those free audios. They're free people. 
and they, he breaks this down, and you get a better understanding of this once we're gone. Also, this baptized unto this death, this death that we're talking about is the same death that Adam and Eve experienced when they uh, disobeyed the Most High in the Garden of Eden, and he said that when you do this, you shall surely die. They died this spiritual death. They did not fall dead to the ground and didn't exist anymore. They actually walked out of the garden. So that death that they experienced is the death that's being referred to here in Romans chapter 6. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, which was done physically and spiritually, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection, also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. For now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto the most high. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto the most high through the Messiah. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Tame that wild dog. <laughs> that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. So don't obey sin. You don't have to. You want to, but you don't have to. Never yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. That presents a choice. You can yield to sin or you can yield to God. So you have a choice on what you want to do with your flesh. But yield yourselves unto him as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto the Most High. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are, to whom ye obey, whether it be sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Now, all that's saying is when you yield your members and you let your body, your flesh, take control of you and it carries you here and there and you do the things that's not right, that's going against the spirit of the Most High inside of you, that's inside of your spirit, you're going to reap a type of death. It don't mean you're going to fall down and die. But some of the sins could lead to that, okay? But it's going to be a type of death, be it slow death or fast death, some type of death. So that's all it saying. Go ahead. But but uh, the Most High be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which has delivered you. 
Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants hold of on, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Being made freed from sin? Yes. Folks, I want you all to listen. Listen, please listen to what is being said here. I know some of you all are driving along the way. Try your best to focus on this scripture. I want you to read that again, Arlene, because people don't think you can be free from sin. When you see the words free from sin, folks, don't think, don't go saying, well, no, that don't mean it. It does mean that. A part of us is free from sin. And you've got to be careful with these doctrines out here that people are preaching, especially in these churches. There ain't no certain person I'm talking to. I'm talking about millions of people out here that's preaching that you've got to do something. You've got to do something. To save yourself. As far as being received of the Father, to where he will receive you and not open up the earth and swallow you like he did Israel, that's what he'll do to people, honestly. There wasn't the blood shed. There is nothing you can do to be righteous. It's a gift. Nothing you do helps it, promotes it, put a little ribbon on it. You don't, You can't do anything about that gift of righteousness. You do need to not sin so what Arlene just read, about to read again, will not happen to you. If you, if you break those laws because your flesh is not under, under grace, it can't sin. And that sin does have an effect on you. Okay? But righteousness blocks you being righteous is a spiritual thing. I'll then go ahead because I get to talk and I get okay. to run off. Romans, You're about to read what I'm about to say is what I'm saying. Romans 6.18. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. There you go. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, okay, here we go. Ye were free from righteousness. Whoa, we understand that one. Say it again. When you were servants from sin, ye were free from righteousness. Everybody know that one. We well, ain't, ain't none of us righteous. Ain't none of us righteous. Keep reading. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become whoa, whoa, servants. Whoa, 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 read that again. 21, verse 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to the Most High Ye have your fruit unto holiness. Let's stop right there. If you walked up to somebody on the street right now and you said to them, you're free, you're free from sin. Well, you can't just walk to, to well, they are. Everybody is because Christ died for the whole world. So technically, if you said it to anybody, that would apply to everybody. They are free from sin. And it's true. Christ has just come to, to, to the Bible says that the Father was inside of the Son not imputing sin unto the church. Not the world. Not imputing sin unto good people. Not the world. Not imputing sin unto children. 
It says not imputing sin unto everyone. It hasn't changed. How would it look that when Christ was walking around the earth that the Most High wasn't imputing sin unto man? But now that he's gone, the Most High said, okay, my son's not on the earth, so now I'm holding sin against all of y'all. It don't make sense, folks. Go ahead. Okay. But now being made free from sin and become servants to the Most High, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of the Most High is eternal life through the Messiah. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Okay, folks, y'all see, I know, I know what y'all are thinking. This is good. It really is. We got one more clip coming. I'm not going to hold, I'm not waste any more time. I'm going to go straight to this clip because I know if you've been listening, you're enjoying this. I told you it would be like this. But so many of us are seeking for righteousness in our own strength. And we don't understand. We need that, that gift that the Father offered through Christ. Here is the last clip. All right, and then we'll end the show. But don't miss this last clip. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You've been warned. But now that he's gone, the most time, okay, my son's not on the earth, so now I'm holding sin against all of y'all. It don't make sense, folks. Go ahead. Okay. But now being made free from sin and become servants to the most high, Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of the Most High is eternal life through the Messiah. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law has dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband. Listen to this. So long as he liveth. But if the man be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. I want y'all to listen to this. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren... Ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto the Most High. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? The most high forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said thou shalt not covet. 
But sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. When he said he was without the law once, he's talking about before the law was, before he had knowledge of the law. Kids don't have knowledge of a lot of laws, and they're free. And once you tell them this is now wrong, and you disappoint me when you do this little Johnny, little Mary, all right, now they know, and then it starts to work on them, the guilt and all this. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good, was then that which is good made death unto me? The most high forbid. But sin that is might that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do for that which I do I allow not. And for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What kind of thing does Apostle Paul hate that he find himself doing? What kind of things did Paul, y'all done read this Bible, what kind of things did Paul come out against? He said, that I find I hate, I do. I'm not saying he did everything he hated, but he hated a bunch of stuff if he did any one of them. What? Read that part again, Marie. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do, that do I. If then I do... That which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Not then, now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do... For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. What? Read that again. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. That sounds like everybody I know. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. That wild dog. So since most of y'all live like that, you need to be listening now. Go ahead. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of the Most High after the inward man. Say that again, please. For I delight in the law of the Most High after the inward man. Say that again, please. For I delight in the law of the Most High after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Deliver you from what? The body of this death. What is it you need to be delivered from? The body of this death. The body of this death. 
I thank the Most High through the Messiah. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of the Most High. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Read that again, please. I thank the Most High through the Messiah. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of the Most High. But with the flesh, the sin, the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh. Talking about the spirit, because if he's going on the flesh, it's... Now, right here, Paul's people say, well, hold on, he did, he said, but you can't walk after the flesh. He's still talking about the... Paul in Romans 7, Paul of Romans 7, Paul of Romans 8 is the same person. But some people preach this like this. Verse 8, he got saved. Romans 7, he wasn't saved. It's the same Paul. He's just saying, there's now no condemnation in which you're in Christ. He's walking out the place about the Spirit. He's just saying that in his spirit he walked after the most high, why his flesh craved his world. So those of us that have that, yeah. that part of us that walk after the most high, our flesh continue to always serve and seek to serve the flesh. I mean, the, the world, I mean, uh, lust. And it seeks to sin is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay? Read that again, Romans 8, please. I want people to be, because this is, I'm telling you, folks, you know, we can read a thousand scriptures, and we've already done part one, two, and three. This is part four, and we said we're going to open up the line for anybody want to comment. We're going to do that right now. Time got away. Uh, so anybody want to comment, if Brother John is still on the line, I would like for him to uh, uh, share how this has been a blessing to him, uh, only because I see him as he's the only person I recognize here. So uh, as soon as I can, my computer's backing up here. As soon as I get this open, I would like for him to share how, because he's listened to uh, 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 us in the past, and I want him to share how this has been a blessing. Then we're going to wrap this up. But uh, all I want to say is, folks, a lot of this ain't rocket science. Mankind, we have a problem. We want to condemn ourselves, especially when we look at some of the things we do. And it is, some of the stuff we do is pretty wrong pretty vicious, pretty ugly. And so we want to uh, we want to uh, just pay for it some kind of way. Well, the most I already paid for it. It's already been paid for, folks. That's human nature. It's human nature. So anyway, Arlene, I think you have something to share. Um, yes. I would just like to say that um, that the gift that's given to us is something that we actually have to hold on to and meditate in, and we have to war against what the natural uh, world around us is telling us about ourselves because it's facing our behavior and, and how we act, and people are judging us based on that and saying, because of how you dress or how you uh, conduct yourself, this is, is how you, this is the kind of person that you are when actually it comes from within. It comes from the inner man, the spiritual man. And uh, that tells us who we are and how we are and how we are to talk to one another. Um, it says that uh, we are governed by the inner man. So we are to walk in that 
you know, okay, uh, from the inner man. And keep that in mind. And that's what purifies us, and that's what strengthens us. Okay, we have to continually war, just like Paul did. He wanted to do right, but sometimes he would do wrong. He would do evil, even though he wanted to do right. So the things he wanted to do, he couldn't do. The things he didn't want to do, he did. Well, why did he do that? What was going on? He was still working and struggling on trying to get that inner righteous spirit man to control that wild dog flesh. And it's a, it's a continual, continual effort that we have to put out as long as we live on this planet. And so we lay these bodies down and get glorified bodies, which are not subject to the world and subject to the appetites of the flesh. That body is a body that we can live in and live totally a righteous life, you know, in thought, word, and deed. But right now, it's in thought, it's in what we meditate on, it's in how we think of ourselves, and that will begin to make changes on our outer lives. So that is the walk that we all have as believers, is to get and tame that wild dog that we walk in, that earth suit, okay? That was the thing about Christ. He came and took on flesh. And the flesh that he had was the same flesh we have, the one that craved all kinds of stuff. And it, the Bible says that he was tempted by the same things that any man has been tempted by. And he had to struggle to overcome his flesh, which is why he prayed that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. His flesh didn't want to endure the pain of the cross or the death on the cross. But he submitted his will to the will of the Father so that his flesh would endure the sin of the world, be separated from the Most High for just that moment in time, so that he could be our sacrificial lamb. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I'm having a little computer trouble here, folks. I don't know what's going on. I wouldn't put nothing past the enemy. But we've had a wonderful uh, time with these three, four episodes dealing with the flesh. Sorry I couldn't open up the line. I'm going to still try to get Brother John on. I just want somebody other than Seth and Arlene to just let everybody know how this has been a blessing these uh, three weeks, four weeks. Uh, but listen, people, I want to say this while I'm trying to get this completely going. Folks, you absolutely, positively, better be really tuning in to what we're saying here today because most of us in our life, we seek to be justified by our own works. We think if I want to I feed the poor a little bit more, if I do this a little bit more, I'm going to get these brownie points, so to speak, uh, with, with the most high. It don't work like that. This is a, a powerful, powerful being, okay, a powerful, powerful being. And sin just cannot stand. He can't stand uh, stand to be in his presence. You are no match for him. You are no match for him. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, one scripture says. So let's give up trying to be right through our good deeds and let's still do those exact same deeds but let's do them because the Most High have commanded, and we love him, and we honor him, and we respect him, and we want a, 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 to love our neighbor. We want our neighbor to, uh, uh, 
you know, prosper and, and, and value our friendship. We want the earth to, 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 to grow. And we don't want to harm the earth. We want to harm the environment. Let's keep those commandments so we'll have uh, eternal life, if you will, okay? But as far as trying to be justified on your own merits, folks, that's, you will be wasting your time. You will be wasting your time. I kid you not, you would be wasting your life away. You're doing something that don't exist. So all you churches out there, all you leaders out there that's been preaching this, if you're preaching anything, and I'm not saying you got to agree with me. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying look at the scriptures. We've read it, and we've been saying it for four weeks. I can't go over all these scriptures that I've been talking about for the last four weeks. So I just, admi- I just admonish people to just listen to the previous episodes Listen to them, especially the second week, uh, part two, because I go into Romans 7 more so than we did today. Uh, Click on the links. Listen to Andrew Womack. Again, go to blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stone uh, and get out of, go to the bottom and click on that link and listen to Andrew Womack's uh, uh, free audio. All you have something you want to say. Yeah, I just wanted to say that it's definitely important to consider the gift of righteousness as a gift. That way you don't get puffed up about it at all, regardless of how you're living. Also, keep in mind that if you're living a lifestyle that you believe is a good lifestyle and you live it long enough and you live it good enough and you begin to share that with others, down the road you will find yourself leaving the Lord of why you live it, okay? And when you depart from that, you become a Pharisee. And if you read in the New Testament, most of what happened between Christ and the Pharisees had to do with rebuke because they were living the law, but their hearts had departed from the giver of the law. So you have to be in love and connected with the Most High to use the... uh, the law in the correct way. Otherwise, you will live by the law and you will implement that on others. You will actually impose that on others and create this doctrine that has nothing to do with the most time. So just keep that in mind because as humans, you know, it's something that we do. We, we take a lot of stuff and we want to do it our way and flip it around and make it human. We want to control it. But we negate the righteousness gift, and we negate the work of the Holy Spirit because we can't even live the law without the Holy Spirit, honestly, as we focus on uh, how this righteousness is to manifest in our lives. We still need the help of the Holy Spirit to live the law. So it's a humbling thing. It's not nothing to be puffed up about. If you're puffed up, then you're doing it in your own energy and your own righteousness. And it's just that simple. Folks, we got like four minutes left. All I want to say to y'all is I really enjoy talking about this, and I'm not going to play with this doctrine of trying to live out your own righteousness. It's dangerous. It causes people to give up on the Most High. It causes people that are serious, like I was and still is, with their relationship with the Lord or the Most High to say, I- I'm just not going to keep saying it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just- I just can't do it. I just can't do it. You, you give up. You know, so all I'm saying is, folks, we don't want people giving up. 
So be careful. I know y'all think y'all doing the most high favor by just slapping these people upside the head that's fleshing out, but you're not. You're running folks off. People got to have some form of success in their life if they start giving up. They start to give up, people. It's just that simple. So be careful with who you putting this mantle on. Then this this not mantle, but this this bondage on, burden on, of trying to live a uh, 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 life, uh, trying to make be righteous enough to approach the Most High. The Most High said, "You do this, I'll do that. You do this, I do that." But in terms of you being able, to I'm gonna go ahead and stop it at that point. Folks, listen, it's been nice. Been nice. Uh, all I was going to say is I probably had another 30 seconds or something that was pretty in. Uh Folks, I enjoyed it, and I'm not going to hold you. I'm going to say good night to everybody, and hopefully uh, we can all implement this uh, gift that the Father has given us through Christ and not try to create some new religion or trying to be righteous on our own. It's just it's a good thing as far as uh, we should try to obey any and every law, be it on the earth, or God's or the Father's law, we should not be trying to approach the Father based upon that. Like, here's what I did. I feel more confidence in his, in his presence because I did this. I did that. If you are barking up the wrong tree, your righteousness, it's just filthy rags. So I encourage and invite everybody to start following the, 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 the Messiah's example. If you don't hear it, follow his teachings. Believe in the Father, and ye shall be saved. It's just that simple. We follow. We, we, we chip the Most High, and Christ is our example of how to please the Most High. It's all about Yahweh and his purpose for our lives. Good night. God bless you. And uh, should I say Yahweh bless you? And check out this song here. This will be a nice little song to end the day on. Um, We'll do this one by, let's just go with uh, Lecrae. All right? Good night. This is Lecrae the rapper. Good night. Let's go. go. I wish you life, man. I know a lot of people that are scared to go die. Couple of us thinking they'll be living in the sky. While I'm here living, man, I gotta ask why. What am I here for? I gotta figure out. Waste my life, no, I gotta make it count. If Christ is real, then what am I gonna do about? Everything in Luke 12, 15, now 21, you really gotta go and check it out. Paul said if Christ ain't resurrected, we wasted our lives. But all this lies and all life built around Jesus being alive. Yeah, they gonna live and try to show the world why. Christ is more than everything you'll ever try. Better than pretty women sitting and living to get a minute of any women and minutes you and mine. It ain't no lie, we created for out of the dust, he made us for. Alexa said he saved us for. Jesus comes and he breaks us for. Magnify the Father, our Father was something lesser. He made us so we could bless him. To the world we can bless him, resurrect him. So I know I got life. Matter of fact, better man, I know I got life.
got Christ. You don't see his ways in my days and my nights. You can hit my brakes. You can stop my life, but I lost my right. Lost my life. Forget the money called the cost that ice. The cost is Christ. They can never offer me anything on better than the cost that Christ. You trying to figure out what to do with your life You make a lot of money, hope you're doing it right Because the money is God, you better steward it right And stay focused, you ain't got no ride Your life ain't wrapped up in what you drive The clothes you wear, the job you work The color of your skin, now you're Christian first People get to living for a job Make a little money, start living for a car Get them my wife, a house, kids, and a dog When they retire, they living high on the hall But guess what, they didn't never really live at all To live is Christ, and that's Paul, I recall To die is dangerous, but Christ, we give it all He's the treasure you never find in the mall see your money, your singleness, marriage, challenge, your time They will only need you to show the world that Christ is divine That's why it's Christ in my rhyme That's why it's Christ all the time See, my whole world is built around him He's the life in my life I refuse to waste my life 